Hello and welcome to The Cates of Hell number 2, a Thor number 2 review of this new series launching in 2020. What's it mean to be a Herald of Galactus? Today I'll be answering what does it mean to be a Herald of Galactus, looking at the history of Heralds in the Marvel Universe and considering how King Thor compares, whether or not Galactus is actually made of paper mache, and why the issue's final page reveal is so exciting. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, where you can find all sorts of reading orders, guides, and analysis on Thor and the writing of Donny Cates, in addition to a whole bunch of other Marvel Universe favorites. Thor number two follows the big new series development where Thor is now the Herald of Thunder, guiding Galactus across the cosmos to consume enough power to prevent the Black Winter's destruction of the universe. The story is by Donny Cates, Nick Klein, Matthew Wilson, and Joe Sabino, and raises some interesting questions about Thor's new role as Herald and King of Asgard. If you like Comic Herald YouTube channel or podcast, please consider liking, subscribing, and sharing. You can find full guides again over on comicbookherald.com with links in the show notes. And if it wasn't already clear, spoilers for the discussed comics may follow. Thor number two opens with the Black Winter consuming a reality full of DC's Justice League, as Kate's not so subtly alludes to a universe with a sun god, a god of emerald light, a god of dark, a god of the ocean, of speed, and of strength. No matter how superbly friendly they may be, the Black Winter makes quick work of this universe in a quick bid to establish the threat as the ultimate cosmic extinction event. Black Winter devouring universes raises a couple conundrums for me. First, it makes the universal threat feel very similar to the Hickman Avengers era's incursions, and also exactly what Perpetua and Sexy Lexi are doing over in the pages of the ongoing Justice League written by Scott Snyder. As much as I love multiversal weirdness, the Black Winter operating as a specific universe-ending threat to 616, that is the universe that has the Thor and Galactus that we know in the Marvel Universe, this was actually appealing. That said, I'll completely take back everything if I, I just said if this means we get to see a Marvel multiverse full of different kinds of Galactus. Maybe one of them could wear a fun top hat. Call me Marvel, I've got ideas. While universes are dying elsewhere, Thor takes Galactus to the planet Clips, following the Silver Surfer's revelation from Thor number one that there are five secret special planets that he'd always hidden from Galactus until now. I have a few outstanding questions about Clips, like what makes this planet's energy so special, and wamp wamp, what it do? But sadly, no answers are freely given in Thor number two. Instead, Thor takes the big G to get his grinded on, but then freaks out and starts dismembering the cosmic force when he threatens to eat an inhabited planet, which Thor just led him to and probably could have seen coming, but hey, I'm no all-father. This is the point in the conversation when I think it's interesting to consider what it actually means to be a Herald of Galactus, and how the role fits on the King of Asgard. The process of becoming a Herald isn't just a job title and about curating delicious home-cooked planets to the world devourer, but instead means Galactus actually transforms individuals using the power cosmic. In essence, Galactus is sharing his nearly unrivaled energies with a being so they can fulfill their duties to him. The first Herald we ever meet in Marvel is the Silver Surfer, debuting alongside Galactus in Fantastic Four number 48 through number 50. When the Silver Surfer is granted the power cosmic, he can do almost anything. Over the course of his introduction and subsequent solo series and team-ups with the Defenders, we see the Surfer take down the Fantastic Four, the Hulk, Mephisto, and entire alien civilizations. The best example might be just to look at the time Doctor Doom stole Silver Surfer's powers. It's early days, Fantastic Four, I'm going to say 57 to 59, I could be off on the exact issues there, but Doom wields the power cosmic like a cosmic cube. It's a wishing engine. And hey, if you want to read Silver Age comics like this, come check out Comic Books Herald, My Marvelous Year Reading Club. 
and podcast. Now, it's always worth the caveat that early Stanley and Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, Silver Age Marvel, doesn't necessarily tell us much about how characters' powers work now. Nonetheless, the idea that the Surfer's infusion of power, <laughs> Cosmic, is perhaps unrivaled has remained fairly consistent throughout Marvel. Again, Silver Age powers, they get wild. When Doom has the power Cosmic, again, he can do almost anything, but mostly uses the power to play pranks on people, which is an interesting testament to Victor. But, for example, Magneto, his magnet powers are all over the place in the Silver Age, and on and on and on, they were just figuring things out. I find this all interesting because Norn Rad is quite average prior to his transformation, at least in the sense of wielding any powers. He's a normal person. In recent years, or a normal alien, I guess, in recent years, characters like the Human Torch and Doctor Strange have become Heralds of Galactus, both times written by Mark Wade. although both those instances come with their own idiosyncrasies. For Johnny, it happens during a time when he's in control of his sister's powers of invisibility, for reasons. And Doc never officially gets any power cosmic, he just takes on the herald role of finding planets for the Big G as a stalling measure to keep Galactus from eating all mystic dimensions and ending the universe. In either instance, neither force really compares to the Silver Surfer any more than they would ordinarily. Looking across the wide array of heralds, it's difficult to land on any that really rival the Surfer. Annihilation presented the Fallen One as the true first Herald of Galactus, and he had potential that was quickly undone in that excellent event. Likewise, if we just work down the list, Airwalker, Firelord, Terax, Nova, the fiery one, not, you know, Richard Ryder, Morg, it's pretty uncommon to find anyone even close to the Surfer, or now Thor's, level, regardless of what their status as a powered being was prior to transformation. Appropriately enough for a Donny Cates written series, it's actually the likes of the Cosmic Ghost Rider that best compares to Thor's ascension to Herald of Thunder. After all, the Ghost Rider was already supremely powerful when Galactus imbued him with the power cosmic, and as Cates writes in the series Thanos Wins, which Thanos issues number 13 to 18, the Ghost Rider, Cosmic Ghost Rider, and Galactus became a legendary force to be reckoned with across the galaxy in their fight to take down an increasingly all-powerful Thanos. I think the moral of this story tends to be that ultimately the power sets are up to the writer here, and Donny Cates is going to infuse them in the people he's most interested in writing. With all that in mind, perhaps it's more understandable that the Herald of Thunder could straight up kneecap Galactus, with Nick Klein and Matt Wilson dipping into their Invincible by Robert Kirkman and um, Ryan Otley reference material for gore tips. While I don't generally find myself obsessing over power levels and who would win in a fight, in the case of Allfather Thor, with the cosmic power, I'm genuinely curious what nearly incomprehensible expectations the creative team is setting. For example, if Thor can beat up Galactus, and yes, Galactus is supremely weakened here, so perhaps this is just a different time, does he even really need to work with the Devourer to prevent the Black Winter? What kind of threats actually exist for Thor when he's this buffed up, or will they all be existential in internal politics? Put another way, does making an all-father Thor a herald do away with physical violence as conflict, the same way Jonathan Hickman's Krakoa era does away with death as a cheap storytelling device? If this is the approach that Kate's Klein and company are taking, it's potentially very, very interesting. Elsewhere, I do love Thor's plan to save the sentient peoples of Clips by having Sif Bifrost bridge their butts to Asgard. The move helped creates a nice reason to cut Asgard and Volstagg's reaction to a sudden influx of immigrants. I'm very interested in Thor making these types of decision in his new role as king, as well as the political intrigue that may follow. I also have to celebrate Kate's narrative poetry, which is evocative and frequently beautiful. This is the gateway of the gods. 
the lightning that hunts, the blood sap of the world ash, and we shall know it as Bifrost, the unshattered, the eternal unbroken. We saw similar gorgeous metal meets melodious captions in Absolute Carnage, and it's one of my favorite aspects of Cates as a writer. Yes, there are the grand ideas and the big swings, but the actual writing is a cut above, and that can become a lost focus in comics. Of course, even after saving the people of Clips, we'll call them little pushes, Thor loses the war. Galactus is so hungry, how hungry is he? He's so hungry that he eats until Clips blows up. Not like Hell Hath No Fury, but more like explodes into tiny pieces. I'll be honest, this section lost me a bit. Thor feels guilty because he promised the little pushes a return to Clips when Galactus was done, but calling him a god of genocide doesn't add up. Sif moved everyone to Asgard, so how is Thor guilty of genocide? Related, what did he expect as the Herald of Thunder? Thor is intimately familiar with Galactus at this point in history. None of this should come as a surprise. The final page reveal of Beta Ray Bill is an excellent tease and promises that the Cates of Hell number three will be an exploration of Beta Ray Bill, particularly his enmity towards the World Devourer. I can't wait to talk about it, and if you can't wait to dig into it, I would recommend checking out both Beta Ray Bill's debut in the Walt Simonson written and drawn Thor number 337, an all-time classic that we will soon be reading on the My Marvelous Year podcast. And there's also a 2000s uh, Beta Ray Bill vs. Galactus series. It's like a three-issue mini, and I'm blanking on the name, but it might be Stormbreaker. I'll have those exact details, of course, I imagine, after reading Thor number three and producing The Cates of Hell number three. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm super excited for this era of Thor. Despite questions, if you have thoughts, comments, ideas, opinions, share them over here on the comments in the YouTube channel. Go on over to comicbookherald.com or, of course, at comicbookherald anywhere on social. And always, you can check out the best comics ever and my Marvelous Year podcast for more of what I'm doing. Thanks, everybody. Check out Comic Book Herald, and I will talk to you later. Enjoy the comics.